When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. (sighs) Welcome to Knife Talk. This is a podcast for all you people out there. If you're interested in knives or whatever, DIY, <laughs> I'm Jeff Fader from Fader Knives, <laughs> and I'm here with these two fucking guys, Craig Lockwood of Chop Knives, <laughs> Mareko Momasi, Momasi Fire Arts. Hi. Hi. I-, I feel as if we need to give some backstory as to why Jeff is not feeling it at the moment. I'm feeling it. It all starts from an incident from yesterday, if you really oh, want right, to okay. really know. Yeah, let's start with your week. How did your week go? Let's start with you. It was fine, but I had an incident on July Fourth, Independence Day, and it's and I'm gonna end up having to fucking move out of this town or buy myself back in. <laughs> oh jeez. Oh. <laughs> I had an incident. I had a real incident, a good incident. I uh, I don't walk my dogs all the time, and, and you know the people in this town were starting to like, especially people in the park, the runners and the walkers. We're we're all at the same time, and we're starting to recognize each other and. Everyone's saying good morning, and it's becoming a very, very nice community, except for some of the dog walkers are lack courtesy in general. doesn't matter. So I had had a couple, not run-ins, but like a little bit of, you know, shaking my heads at a couple dog walkers, and I was in a sour mood. And I ran into an old man who I had known. Not, I don't really know his name, but uh, we talk, and um, he likes my dogs. My dog's like him, and we just chit-chat and bullshit. And uh, he kind of hobbled. I hadn't seen him. I hadn't seen him since January. So <laughs> he walks up to me. He sees I'm wearing a mask. And he goes, oh, no, not you. You're not wearing one of those masks, are you? My brother, my brother says this is coronavirus is all a hoax. <laughs> oh, jeez. So I'm not, I mean, I'm already a sour mood. You know, the dog walkers got me a sour mood. And I, th- there was no airspace before I said, well, your brother's clearly an asshole. <laughs> You want to change the course of a conversation, go insult someone's brother or family member. So I had to, you know, it was ugly. And I, you know. What, I, what was his response? It was his jaw dropped open and he was, he looked like a gaping asshole too. And I, and I just. <laughs> a gaping asshole. Yeah. Well, the mouth's open. I mean, it's the, you know, the, it's the uh, bridge to filth. You know, what can you do? I mean, it's like. He just looked at me and I told him my story and I was just like, you know, you shouldn't clearly shouldn't listen to your brother. Your brother gives you bad advice and judgment and you should know better. So on the 4th of July, I capped the I capped an old geezer's ass and it was unfortunate. And, you know, it was, a, you know, unfortunate situation. It was just like, you know, 
happy Fourth of July. Fuck you. Your brother's an asshole, and maybe you are too. So, <laughs> there you go. Uh, you want to know? That's. I mean, that was a. And now it turns out that his relative might be one of the council people in the town. So that's why I'm going to have to worm my way back into their hearts. Fine. <laughs> Jesus. So any any sort of knife related um, yeah, yeah. news this week from me? I made uh, I made a few knives. I shipped them out. I actually delivered uh, a knife uh, to this. There's this local bakery that makes incredible donuts. It's called Peaceful Provisions, and they're they're making donuts in Terrytown. They're selling them in Peekskill. They live in Peekskill. A nice couple. The husband is a uh, long suffering New York Knicks fan, as most of us are, <laughs> and he wanted Knicks colors, so I made a knife with uh, the colors of the New York Knicks. Ah, uh, I did and see I, that, yeah. And I delivered it to him. I delivered it to him, hand delivered it to him, and he gave me these donuts that were incredible yesterday. Nice. So one was like strawberry with rhubarb drizzle, and one was a, uh, and then one was like a cinnamon bun stuffed with custard inside it was oh you had me calm down junior calm down <laughs> so it was good you know it was good up and you know and then i ate the donut and then i got into a fucking thing with a old man with a with a broken hip you know picked on someone my own age obviously you know but you're over it now though yeah i mean i'm irritated but that's that's not to <laughs> oh, do with yeah. that guy <laughs> you know donuts only help so much hmm. how are you what's going on with you me, um, all good, all good. It's the sun's been shining this week. Um, lots of work done. So um, it's. I was just telling Morocco off air. It feels as if everything's getting back to a normal here with regards to businesses being able to operate. Right. Um, so a ton of stuff has come in the post every day this week. There's just been stuff, and this is all backlog stuff that was ordered a long, long times ago. So yeah, lots of stuff are arriving. Um, I've been gluing up lots and lots of um, scales to liners. Um, so this week I'll be shaping all of them. Um, just waiting for a few Cor- Corby bolts to come. Right. Um, so yeah, it's been really good to be yeah back on it. Uh, lots of stuff being done on the house as well. And do you know that, that when you get a week when everything just seems really positive, yeah. sun shining and things are happening. Sure, it's just it's been good. It's been a really really nice week. Look at you. Um, Look at you. I know. It's right. living the high life in France. Wow. I don't know about <laughs> working hard. I don't know about living the high life. We're, wow. we're living in bloody. It's it's like Beirut here. There's there's bloody stuff all over the place when we got people working in the house. Um, but yeah, I, I've I've learned to deal with it this week, and you know, it's all it's all sunshine here. It's Look all good. You. Look at you in Morocco. How are you? Well, I was gonna ask Craig. So I saw Amy post about a bacon sandwich. What is a bacon oh. sandwich? Tell me about what? that. Sounds pretty sounds pretty self explanatory. Right I mean, it no. sounds good, but I don't know exactly what is oh, on it's it. It's like a bacon? it's like a British staple, a, a bacon okay. sandwich. So you got you got to get your, you know, it's quite thin bacon, um, but it's got to be smoked. Okay. Always smoked. Oh, it's got to dry be, yeah. dry cured. None of the wet stuff. Um, really salty butter, and personally, I like really cheap white sliced bread with it. But in every's got preference, but my my personal preference is really cheap. You know the gummy, really really crappy white sliced bread, um, with a little bit of another British staple, which is brown sauce. I don't know if you guys know sure, HP yeah. sauce. Yeah. HP sauce. It? HP sauce. It's like a like a spicy fruity hmm. sauce. It's kind of like of... if you took ketchup and a one steak sauce and then made it a little bit fruitier. Yeah, kind of yeah. like that. What kind of fruit? Yeah. Like a fig fruit like or a citrus? Any, what kind of fruit would you like? 
Yeah, I mean, it's like raisins. <laughs> I and don't know. You, you couldn't really taste and... the fruit. It's, it's just not like a mixed I wanna, fruit. I want to hear what Yeah, you couldn't really taste the fruit. It's, it's not. It's like a mixed fruit thing. I it's see. not fruity. It's more spicy than anything else. Okay. Um, it's, it's, so it's maybe like almost a, like, like a, a barbecue sauce. Yeah, similar to a barbecue sauce, but it, it's 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 very much a British staple. It's called HP, and the HP okay. stands for the Houses of Parliament. Um, I'm not sure whether the origins or anything to do with the House of Parliament. I don't know. But, um, yeah, so that on a bacon sandwich. And that's it's like the – we didn't have a hangover this morning, but it's like the perfect hangover cure as well. Mm. Bacon sandwich. I mean, they, they even sell them at McDonald's here, you know. They're, 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 they're very sort of standard um, here in, in Europe. Wow. They're the best things. Best things. That sounds good. Mm. So how was your week, Morocco? What what you been up to? Uh, well, yesterday, like Jeff said, it was the 4th of July. We don't really do anything too crazy. Because uh, our kid's not really into uh, exploding, uh, exploding things, <laughs> exploding yeah. things, exploding uh, things yet. <laughs> and uh, so, but it, it, his cousin's birthday was uh, were yesterday, and uh, or at least their birthday party was yesterday. And so we just, with immediate family, we hung out and did a barbecue, and the kids all played and hung out in the beautiful weather in the yard, drinking beer, eating food kids playing everybody's fine everybody's good it was good uh otherwise i've been knife wise i've been working on um that stainless knife still i got this crazy spacer i'm trying to do uh, i'm part of me wishes i didn't do it because it's just such a pain but it's there it's on it's in there now it's, it got glued up yesterday so next step is start uh sculpting out the handle it's going to get a japanese cowboy style handle which should be pretty interesting considering the way that the spacer is kind of flowing through the handle material uh it's not just a straight spacer it's kind of like um like if you look at it edge on uh at the belly of the handle it comes down to like a v shape almost kind of like i don't know it, like the chest of a superhero or like superman or something like that mm. um and it's this beautiful buckeye burl and the spacer material is a, a white, uh, what is it, vulcanized paper with stainless steel, uh, and it's kind of tricky. It was almost kind of like doing a wood wood inlay in a way, because hmm. uh, you had to like cut the spacer just at the right angle so that they come together and meet perfectly flush. And ugh, it was a pain. What why is vulcanized paper? This is not like a like a paper micarta. What what's the difference? Uh, so vulcanized paper is just one sheet of, I mean, it's a thick sheet of paper, almost kind of like a cardstock that's been impregnated with a, like an acrylic re resin. Basically it's been stabilized. Okay. Um, okay. But yeah, that way, you know, it's, it's not going to get mushy and want to fall apart or anything like that. If it happens to get wet, it's, it's vulcanized, it's stabilized. So it's going to keep it from. Yeah, and the colors are really nice, like especially on the thin, the thin, the thin one. They're thin, so the yeah, colors yeah. are very bright, especially the red. Like I, I would rather use the vulcanized paper red than red G10 because G10, you know, G10 red isn't even the ruby red isn't that. It's very dark, but like the vulcanized red, as is, is almost like a fire engine red. It's a great, great accent nice. color. Yeah. I think I love that vulcanized paper. Hmm. So, it's, so it's not layers then compressed. It's just one no. piece. Instead. It's just okay, one. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So that's coming together. And uh, yeah, I am. I, I've been really struggling over it. It's 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 whenever I try and part of why I'm regretting doing this is because I'm trying out something new, which is cool and exciting, but it also is very time consuming. And I really wish I <laughs> had waited to do that because uh, I need this order 
I need to get paid for this order like two weeks <laughs> ago. And so, um, but hopefully the rest of it goes pretty quickly. Now all the handle sculpting, everything is just handle sculpting, hand sanding. I do have to build a Saya for this one, but that should go pretty quick. So yeah, hopefully getting out of, out, out the door in the next week or so. That'll be good. Yeah, get that cool. money. Get that money. Gotta get that we'll, be, money. we'll be questioning you next week just to make sure. I'm not. Craig will. Keep an account I'll leave things it. for you. I, I'm not keeping an account. I'm, I'm just. I'm sending you good vibes. I ain't. I ain't, ain't going to be cracking the whip on you. You get it done when you get it done. I'm with you. I, I think I need it. I need accountability. We need a little, need a little whip crack. All right. Yeah. Crack the whip. Come on, bitch. Get going. <laughs> that was strong. Sorry. That was strong. Knife Talk is sponsored by Even Heat, the manufacturers of the finest heat treating ovens available. Find your next oven at evenheat-kiln.com. To the chopper! To the chopper, indeed. I made a mistake last week when we played the Even Heat um, ad um, that I said you could use the Knife Talk discount. Well, you can't because Even Heat are already, already you know, the best value you could possibly have. So don't listen to me. (laughs) I have got a clue what I'm doing. I'll tell you what. Sure, go go. Go, go on. I was just going to say, I just, so I got a hold of the LB27 and that thing is a beast. It's, and, uh, I'll tell you, it weighs a lot too. <laughs> I had to lift it up on a, onto a rolling cart. That's like three and a half feet off the ground. Um, all by myself, all by my lonesome. That's the downside of being in a shop by myself, but man, I, I set it up. I ran it through actually a stainless heat treat cycle. Um, just make sure, uh, they wanted me to make sure everything was running right when I got it. Because uh, obviously things can get rattled loose or funky stuff can happen in shipping. And uh, I went through and I set up, I have, I think I have the same control as Jeff has, where you can program all these different, uh, it's like the touch screen and you program all the different things in. Tap it's control. so, yeah, the tap control, super user friendly and, and kind of dummy proof in a way <laughs> once you're, you get it all plugged in there. You're absolutely super right. Super cool. Yeah, it's yeah. awesome. Awesome. Nice. So is that yeah. the one without the, the heating coils at the back as well, like Jeff's? Correct. Yeah. Nice. That's the yeah. best nice. move. It's the best move. So. One day. I'm still saving up. Yeah, <laughs> saving up. Shall we get on with some news? Sure. Well, as we know... There's not a lot to report on the news. I will say, uh, in the Artisans of Steel calendar, Jean-Louis Regal, who, in my opinion, is one of the best custom knife makers in the world, uh, is the count the pinup for the uh, Artisans in Steel calendar this month of July. Um, the only thing that was supposed to really happen this month was Josh Smith's hammering, which obviously, because of the current. Uh, situation of the world it's not happening right now um but other than that i think jeff has some news about his EGC coffee what do you got jeff? i i do but you know it's funny that you say canceled i got my wife and i got tickets to see the black crows which were going to be they, they 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 reunited if you know about the black crows the, they're mm. two brothers and they they're very it was a, they broke up they didn't like each other so somebody you know obviously dipped a little bit of money in front of them and then they all got back together <clears throat> we had gotten tickets we were supposed to go this weekend and uh, we got them email saying that it'd been uh, put to next year. So now I have to like, oh. now I have to like, ugh, and I don't even want to think I want to go to this now. I got to go to next year. But um, yeah, that's what everybody's doing now. They're 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 going back to a whole year. Um, yeah. So the the Fader Knives EDC coffee that I'm making with the Peaksco Coffee House went great. 
thanks to you guys, we bought, uh, we sold 250 bags and all the money went to feed the frontlines of workers. So the owner of the company, Sonny Cover, and I talked about it. And it's like, let's just keep this ball rolling. It's working out well. What should we do next? And so for the past like month and month or two, we've been trying to figure out what we could do next. And it was very, you know, we we're rattling around some ideas. And um, we actually, I've been very um, in trying to be as involved as I can with the, the local chapter of the NAACP in Peekskill, which is an incredibly well-run organization. And uh, I went to a Zoom meeting with them. And um, they were just talk, talking about what's going on, and they're very close with the school system. And I had heard from, from them during, in the meeting that um, the biggest problem that the students were facing from when in March to June when they were, you know, so, uh, just learning from home is because a lot of families were uh, economically uh, – uh, what's the expression? It's um, – they didn't have any money. You know, there are a lot of people who don't have yeah. computers – uh, financially insecure, economically insecure. They didn't have computers or they didn't have, the family just didn't have Wi-Fi. So there's this, they're trying to figure out ways in which to make sure that these kids can, you know, get some work done. So I actually was talking to a friend of mine who's on the Board of Education, and he said that I, we were talking, he's like, I don't know, we don't know what's going to happen. The CDC hasn't given us any guidelines, the state too. So, you know, we're, we're just, we think that most likely there's going to be some distance learning in the beginning of the year. So uh, Sonny and I decided that we were going to get involved with the Board of Education and the uh, there's a Peak Skill Education Foundation, and all the money for EDC is tentatively going to be going towards the Peak Skill Educational Foundation, which will, which gives money and Wi-Fi and helps with computers and to these kids who are uh, economically insecure with their families. So at least if they're going to work from home, they have a, you know, they have a fighting chance because that's a real problem. So we're going to try to hustle this thing through because school's right around the corner, believe it or not. We want to make sure that these kids have something that they can actually, uh, you know, we want them to make, give them the, every chance they possibly have. So we also been, um, yeah, it's it's we're just going to try to be as helpful as we can to the, these kids in this in in our town, and that's where the next batch of EDC Vader knives EDC coffee from uh, the Peakskill Coffee House. The money's going to go, all the money. And where can people buy that? Well, it's PeakskillCoffee.com, but I mean, we're we still haven't we still haven't put in the inform you know we still haven't you know they even made the jar that goes to the P the Peakskill Education Fund. But I just wanted to say that. That's where we're going to be going next, and we're going to be doing that, and it's going to be great. So, well, it's going to be fine. So, cool. That's it. Okay. Try to be a good man, Jeffrey. Oh, I don't know. Don't ask that old fuck that I called an asshole, or his brother an asshole. You don't. Think, <laughs> I have, this is part of me is also worming my way back into the community. You can't just start insulting people in the middle of the old men in the middle of the street, and then expect to get a free pass. You have to buy your way back, and that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to buy my way back. So whilst Mareko, uh, sorry, whilst Jeff is pimping his coffee, uh, Mareko, your calendar you just mentioned, where can people buy that again? Well, we don't have any yeah. available, actually. We're probably, the next oh, round okay. of calendars aren't going to be available until uh, probably around Christmas time, around the end of the year. Um, and hopefully things will be a little bit more uh, consistent and <laughs> all cool. the events will be canceled. Good news. That's good news. Okay, we're going to start doing the questions soon. But um, for those who don't know how to get in touch with us, if you've got a question, contact us via DM at Knife Talk on Instagram. It's that easy. Knife Talk on Instagram. Not our personal accounts. Knife Talk on Instagram. <laughs> Combat abrasives make the world's best abrasive belts for knife makers. 
available in any size and at unbelievable prices. Go take a look at CombatAbrasives.com and get 15% off with the promo code KNIFETALK15. Do it now! See, now that one, there is a promo code, KNIFETALK15, at CombatAbrasives.com. Get your abrasives from there and plenty of other stuff that they sell, but we all use Combat Abrasives stuff, so go take a look, CombatAbrasives.com and use KNIFETALK15 on checkout. Hey man, can I ask you a question? That's a lot of buttons to press. <laughs> you better That's a get a lot of buttons there. You're gonna have some more buttons to press too, because I got a quiz for you, motherfuckers. We're gonna play oh, later. Oh Jesus! Oh Jesus! Better get ready. Oh, okay. Hey man, can I ask you a question? The bit of the show where people send us questions, we do our best um, to to answer them. We're no authority at all on knife making, um, but between us, we've been doing this for some time, and we we may be able to help out. And if not, hopefully, one of our listeners could um, could help you out anyway. So the first is from Madeline Knives. Howdy, gents. I'm in need of some advice. I know you all have touched on this before, but how do you deal with people constantly arguing with you over facts and information? We all know those guys, am I right? You could be doing something for 20-plus years and they won't even bother to read the goddamn bottle or something and start talking about how you're doing it wrong. How do you tell these motherfuckers to get bent without the risk of catching <laughs> catching them hands? Yeah, don't catch I'm them. Not quite hands. sure what he means there. But, catching um, them yeah, hands, people... getting a sm- getting a slap. <laughs> oh right, okay, okay. Um, yeah, people who uh, try to correct what you're doing, I suppose. Um, do you get much of that? Miranda, I don't. What about you? Oh yeah, yeah. You don't. <laughs> I tell you what, I I uh, I just on the last episode of the Full Blast podcast with um, I Jessup, we were going over YouTube comments, and I was talking about this dumb motherfucker who commented on um, what the Epicurious video I was doing, and he was just making this. He was just saying, "Oh, he, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about about 52100. And 52100 is all this chrome in, and it's completely resistant to." St- he was. He just like went. He just like l- he and his idiot friend started whooping up on me, and I don't normally read the comments. But for this particular bit that we were doing, I had to. And boy, I got so fucking mad. I was like, I got furious. And and it's and it is exhausting. And you obviously the the the, the real story is is don't look at the fucking comments. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, well, he's wrong about the fifty two one hundred. But I was. It was. It was yeah, like. Yeah. And then he. Well, the, we got even worse. Well, he he and his idiot friend Elmo Jomo or something like that. They started saying how. My misinformation is 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 as bad as lying, or it's as wor- It's it's this is the reason why the internet's no good because people are lying, and I was so fucking mad because I you know, I was so mad because I work with fifty two hundred all the time. I dump in water, and if I walk away, it starts to rust all the, already. And if I do a mustard mm-hmm. patina, it five minutes with the mustard and you get a patina, and then it's it's infuriating. Madeline knives, and I don't know I. I there's just too many people on this planet who have access to words. I mean, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> Seriously, they, there should be some sort of test to allow you to to say the things that you say. Uh, to comment in public. I, to talk. You, to talk. To use their words. There should you, be some sort it, of. It's a ridiculous. You put it right in in your podcast. And uh, go on, tell people what your podcast is called. Go on, Jay. It's his full blast podcast. <laughs> yeah, let's not listen to that. But um, <laughs> you you did it very right in there where you said some people, they just want to be heard. They just they just want to be part of the conversation. So they're putting something in there, photo reaction. And um, you see it all the time. I mean, I haven't put many videos up, um, but the few videos I have got, 
I mean, there was one where I used uh, WD-40 whilst I was drilling something, and it was just like, whoa, uh, you know, a complete barrage of people say, don't use WD-40 when you're drilling, get some proper cutting fluid. And it was just like, oh, man. That's what I had at hand. It was better than using nothing. And people don't know the, the circumstance today. They don't know everything around what you're doing. And I think people will take something out of context and say, you know, you need to do it that way or whatever. Hmm. Yeah, it's tiring. Hmm. It's tiring. So, you know, these content creators who put putting stuff up all the time. They must have to deal with this, you know. It must just be terrible, terrible. This comes from a lack of civility and not understanding how to... Some of these people probably are are trying to write something to be helpful, but they come across as being crass or Mm. assholes. So people have to figure out how to communicate in a way to get what you want across without sounding like you're being a dick. I think a lot of these guys deep down are trying to just be... uh, be, They want some type of interaction. And I don't think it necessarily is a bad one. I think they want to just be heard. I want to be acknowledged. And I just don't think that people understand how to specifically use their words to get what they'd like in in uh, either a polite or courteous way. And they come across like dicks. Sure. Imagine, imagine being a woman and getting this all the time. And you, so there's there's a video out there by um, a lady who makes knives. I won't mention the name because I don't think it's fair, but um, she gets a lot of stick all the time. And she put a video up, and and you can imagine the comments as they always are. They were just terrible. And I I replied to one of them just saying, you know, who are you to say this? You know, and this was probably about four months ago. But still, every day I get a notification on YouTube. Because because once you comment and somebody replies to that, you get a notification and all the rest of it. It's just more and more people just like reply into that, just like more and more grief. And I'm just like, who are these people? Like, who's got the time, first of all, to try and pick holes in something? And are they doing it just to make them feel better? I I, I, I can't understand the mentality of it. It's crazy. Souls. There's, yeah. There is some type of dopamine drip that you get when – People interact with you online, and it could be mm. good, it could be bad. You get a charge, and we did a couple months ago. We went after one of these, you know, hacker accounts or these, you know, these knife, you know, in the desert accounts that uh, that were like ripping off people's pictures, and everybody went after them. And it was this, you could feel this energy of like, you know, endorphins and dopamine, kind of getting people all fired up. But the, that's the problem. It's like having some type of interaction where you're. You know, either it's like it's like this virtual fight, and it's it's stupid, and it makes no mm. sense, and it's exhausting. Yeah, yeah. and I get I actually, fucking pissed. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually got into it the other day uh, with somebody, um, a friend's post. I'm not gonna go into the post, but or who it was, but yeah, the guy, the guy, basically like one of the first, I don't know, couple dozen comments, but the guy's like why didn't you do it this way? And so I chimed in because the guy who posted the video was very knowledgeable, very experienced, very talented maker. And I was like, well, sometimes it was about quenching, you know, why didn't you interrupt the quench? Um, and in my mind, you know, you're talking about pulling the knife or quenching the knife for like two or three seconds, pulling it out for two or three seconds and then putting it back in to finish the quench. And so, and the guy was quenching a sword and I was like, you know what, realistically, there's a lot of material there. It's a lot of heat and interrupted quench wouldn't be realistic for something like this. Makes sense for this. And he's also, it's all Damascus. So he's not trying to create a hormone or anything like that. And then the guy chimed back in. He's like, uh, with his interpretation of 
quenching the blade, which was actually pulling it out. <clears throat> like we've mentioned on the show, you can pull the blade out after, you know, uh, around 10 seconds or something like that while there's still some heat in it and do a little bit of straightening. And that's what he was talking about. And the ridiculous thing. And then he went deep into like his process and, and, and sharing his knowledge. And, and then he finished it with, but, and I've been making knives for 26 years with 7,000 plus knives sold. Yeah. And I don't give a fuck how many knives you sold. It doesn't necessarily mean they're good knives, but what's the most hilarious and ironic thing is the thing he was questioning my friend about was exactly what my friend had done, which was it in his definition, it was a interrupted quench, pulling it out in time to allow some straightening and then letting it slowly cool and, and, and come down to temperature and convert to martensite altogether versus doing a full quench down through the martensite transition. So this guy was just basically trying to say you're not doing it right. Yeah, he was trying to basically say you're not doing it right, even though what you were doing is exactly what I would hope you would do. And then when you and then when you responded, he got defensive. Yeah, yeah. It's so stupid. It's so stupid. Well, and, yeah, and I finished it with, you know, I've made less than 100 knives, though, so what the fuck do I know? <laughs> and he's like, thanks, uh, mate. Yeah. Oh, so mate. Oh, he's Australian. It. Motherfucker. I'm not <laughs> surprised. Like no surprise. For that Morocco trigger finger on the block button, yeah, that one. No, yeah, yeah. 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 Mor- well, follow him block. Yeah, he's, he's got a light. He, he doesn't have good finger control when it comes to the block button. He's, 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 blo- he's blocking people left and right. Right. I'm convinced well, that when people are defensive, yeah. def- being defensive in general means that you think someone's going to take something away from you. So I'm really, really trying to, when I talk to people or do something, I'm not being defensive because I don't feel like you can take something from me. That's why you're defensive. You think he's trying to take something from me, whether it be power or information, and it's it's annoying. You you, you, you mm. put yourself out there. You respond. He put himself out there. You responded. He got defensive, and then it was like he could have just put do this in a DM. He could have DM the dude mm. and said, "Hey, I just why did you do that? I'm just curious." Instead of you to make it public, and it's like these people are fucking assholes. I've said asshole yeah. too many times on this podcast. <laughs> I've done that too well, what's times. great is learning after I went after this guy that he's actually friends with my friend. Yeah, of course it is. Of course thing. it is. Of course it is. Of course it is. Uh, so I had to go and apologize to my friend. I was like, hey, sorry, I became an. A- I was a- I was being an asshole, and he's like, oh, don't worry about it. Madeline yes. knives. I think but he's still blocked. I think that I think the thing <laughs> yeah. for Madeline knives is I think it's it's like you just have to like not take the bait because a lot of times that's what it is. Oh yeah. And it, and and it's like you know I. Just don't take the bait. It's not worth it. You know, if somebody wants to have, if somebody really cares about what you're doing and they, they'll slip in your DMs and talk to you behind the scenes, but when they start to do it publicly, they're trying to make you look foolish or they're yeah. trying to make themselves look good and it's annoying. I was talking about this with um, I, Jessup, is the worst is the. Where, um, where were you doing this? On the Full Blast podcast. <laughs> oh, okay. So the New York Times. Uh, recipes are the best because they're the great way to start in on a recipe. The people who comment on New York Times recipes are such scum that they'll, what they'll do is in the comments that they'll put their recipe in and try to abscond the whole oh thread. God. It's like totally crazy. They'll read this thing and they're like, oh, this recipe is too fussy. This is the real way you do it. I mean, that, that would be so much, you know, it's just so unnecessary. People are such, they have just, they're awful. And they don't, they don't deserve the privilege of this, this type, type of media. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, that's the problem. Anybody can publish now, can't they? So any thought they've got in their head, before even thinking about it or 
you know, what it could mean to the person they're replying to. They just, they just jump in on press and publish and then away. And you, you're just going to have to figure out how to, you know, make it part of your thing. Like, uh, uh, dies in every film who has created the greatest bit of all time where he uses the awful thing. Now everyone's writing awful things because he writes awful things to them. And then he celebrates it by screen capping and using his stories and his stories are hilarious because <laughs> people say stupid things to him. He says something very clever and funny about them and they look dumb and he just, he just, it's, it's this ongoing wonderful thing he has and it's based on people are dicks. Hmm. But the main thing is not everybody, because there are uh, va there are value in comments. Because I mean, otherwise everybody switch their comments off. You know, you can do it on YouTube, you can do it on Instagram, you can do it on a bunch of things. You can switch comments off. Um, but you know, people use these things because they like to speak to a community and they like to you know the the, the to and fro of things. So yeah, it's not everybody's a dick, but there's <laughs> it seems to be a growing percentage of people are becoming dicks. Yeah, a growing percentage of dicks. <laughs> and if you're going to have a growing percentage of dicks you're going to need something <laughs> what's that noise I know we'll get to this later we'll get to this later okay. but uh, okay. yeah save, save your batteries for now okay. well wait a second I mean, it wasn't a vibrator no, it relax it sounded like it no, what are you doing over there don't worry about that That's certainly fine I'm talking to you <laughs> leave me alone let's get good massaging yourself We'll right. get to that later. Let's, let's go for the next one. <laughs> the next one is from The Art of Craftsmanship. It says, hey, Cutie's going to ask you a question. Can you describe your process for drilling holes in your handle scales or Corby, for Corby bolts? Do you drill all the holes with the shaft size bit first and then follow up with the step bit? Uh, thanks. Yeah. So that's his question. How do you, how do you address the Corby bolts? Pretty much as he said, yeah. So you get this shaft size bit. Um, I actually, yeah, so you, there's a bunch of different ways you can get and a bunch of different tools. The tool I use is your shaft size is one drill bit. And the second bit I use, which will put the step in, has got like a step within the, within the bit. So there's the shaft size, which is smooth, which will fall into the hole that you've already uh, drilled. Um, and then you've got, so it's almost like a mill as opposed to a drill bit. Um, and then you take your step down to the <laughs> turn it off <laughs> to the, to the... you're talking about shafts and drill bits and I got a little bit you know sorry um, so that, that that sort of it's almost like an end mill with a, with a little bit of a nubbin on the bottom so that the nubbin goes into the hole you've already drilled and then you, you just mill out the extra depth that you need but yeah I generally do all the, the shaft sizes first and come back later and then do all the all the steps do you, do you drill the scales individually or do you lock them together I do them individually. Oh, really? Um, yes. Um, oh, no, no, sorry. No, you, you mean for the actual, the initial, the initial right. hole, the shaft right. hole. Yeah, yeah, they're stuck together for the initial shaft hole, but obviously then they're taken apart um, to do the, not obviously, but I personally then take them apart to do the uh, the second um, step, yeah. hole, if you like. No, to be clear, you're not clamping the scales on, you can't clamp the scales on either side of the handle and ventral holes, or is that how you're doing that? Because then you'd be because the holes are already in the tang, right? The holes are in the tang. Because um... if you did the scales on both sides of the tang, obviously you'd be drilling blind. So you must are they clamped together on one let side me, of the tang? You know what? Let me let, give me a second. I'll, let me have a thank you. I'll tell you. I'll tell you how I do it, and I'll answer your question. 
So what I do is I have my full tang knife heat treated with the holes the same size. The Corby holes are the same size as the step bit that's the final bit. And what I do is I'll make my scales. I will take two pieces of the, I'll put the scales together with two tiny drops of, 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 of uh, crazy glue. And then yeah. I'll form the, the bolster so I don't have to touch it again. Then I'll take my knife and then I'll clamp it to the block of two scales together and then make sure that I'm straight and I'll drill, I'll drill the holes through using the, uh, the, the blade as my through hole guide. Yeah, so it's so it's on. So you're doing the two together, but the blade is the blade on the top, is on the top as, as opposed to sandwiched exactly. in between the right, two. Right, yeah, right. yeah, that's pretty much yeah. yeah pretty and then much. and then I actually don't take them apart. I, I use the uh, the step bit to to while they're both together. And what happens is is if I can put the uh, the crazy glue close to where the um, where the holes are, the heat from the drill kind of like loosens it up so it's not a big deal to kind of separate them because if you if you use the crazy glue with wood you have a really good chance of uh actually the the crazy glue will bind so tight that mm. you'll take out some of the wood and i've had that happen often mm, so yeah. you just got to be real careful yeah so it sounds like we do pretty much the same way but um i will take them apart then before doing the second step and if something's yeah, weird if there's some weirdness like something happened like all of a sudden it doesn't fit i'll actually take a grinder and then a, a die grinder and then i'll grind out the holes in the in the in the steel so that way i can i'll wallow out the pass-through holes just in case that there's off by hair because my uh, my holes for the in the scales will be indexed correctly mm -hmm. That makes sense. Oh, one thing I do actually is once I do the the first, say there's two holes in the in the tang that don't, where there'll be two pins. Once I do the first hole, even though I've got them stuck together, just to make sure there's no extra shifting, um, I've got like a brass rod and I've sort of tapered it a bit, just ground it into a bit of a taper, so I can bang that into the first hole, just to make sure in case that right, um, slip. doesn't slip, that bond does slip. You've, you, those pins are going to be in the exact same place anyway. So ready to drill the second hole, and that just slides in and out. You know, it's, it's, you know it takes a second right. to do. Just an extra sort of safety, See, I suppose. I do it totally differently from you guys. All oh, right. Yeah. So I use. I only do one scale. Or well, you know. So I have my handle scales. I have them book matched. So I take mm -hmm. one, and I put it on whatever its corresponding side of the tang is, and I use the tang, like you guys are saying, as a template for drilling those holes, but I only drill the shaft size, and then I take the one handle scale, and I match it up to the other handle scale, clamp those together, and then use that as a template, again, only drilling the shaft size hole, right. and then I follow through by recessing with the, uh, the whatever, the, step I can't bit. think of what, yeah, the step bit, and then I Corby bolt them together, and then I clean up the top of the bolster. I do it kind of almost reverse to how you do it. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I do the together. bolster after as well. I don't, I don't do it before. Uh, I also do it after, um, but obviously before final glue up because you can't get to it. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're variations of the same thing, yeah. really, aren't they? Using the Tang as a template, rather one or two, or yeah. Okay. Cool. The next one comes from Robert Corner. 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 Hey, man, can I ask you a question? So I've seen a lot of knife makers grinding with a series of grits before heat treatment and just going back to a coarser grit after heat treatment. Why not just stick with a 36 or 60 grit? 
preheat, then start with the 36 or 60 post heat treat. Just curious if there's a reason for doing anything finer than 36 or 60 grit before heat treatment. Thanks, and I love the show. And I've heard this too, Mareko, um, that a lot what of people. Craig? You leaving Craig out of the Is question? Is he here? Craig's here? I thought you. You. <laughs> Why I oughta? <laughs> so, well, guys, I'll say that to both of you. I, I, well, I don't do any grinding um, preheat oh, that, anyway, so okay. that rules me out. So that's, I mean, that's why that's the reason why I didn't ask him because I know that he 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 treats full thickness. I'll get you. You get, get. You're not gonna get shit. I'm with you. Fine. I I you know. But I know that I know that there are a lot of guys who they grind, and then they get a very fine grit before they heat treat, and I don't understand that either. Is it like, what do you think? Uh, so what I understand is the concern is um, it, when you leave the the finish course, so say if you left it at 36 grit before heat treat, heat treatment, depending on the material you're heat treating, uh, that can be really, it's really, it's a really stressful process, which is why we temper our, our blade steel after we harden it. Um, but in that time when the blade is fully hardened <clears throat> before tempering, those coarse 36 grit scratches could potentially create stress risers stress risers meaning places where where cracks could propagate or begin um, sharp corners are other um, other places either outside corners or inside corners either either way both of those could also lead to uh, to cracks in the material and again it's just it's it, it's in uh it's just a lot of stress on the material so when it comes to a sharp corner say it's like uh the shoulder of the bottom side of uh you know like if you're going to do a, a a japanese style handle and say you cut those sh corners like perfectly sharp 90 degree uh, corners um that in that just in the very inside of that corner that could create a lot of stress before you then plop the blade into the temper now, ideally, you're going straight into temper as soon as possible, but um, it's hard to do, especially if you're letting your kiln cool down, and it takes a little bit of time. So the the best thing you can do for inside and outside corners that are really sharp is, especially if it's like outside, like when I'm talking about outside corners, I'm talking like maybe along the spine or something like that, where instead of it being sharp 90 degree corners, you can just lightly break those corners with like a two, like a worn out 220 belt you got laying around or something like that. And then on those inside corners, you can use round files. You can use a, like a, a diamond rotary bit or something like that just to soften that curve and reduce those stress risers. And then also when it comes to grinding, instead of leaving it at 36 grit, I've actually never had a problem with 60 grit, but I have, I have, I've spoken with other people, other makers who have had issues in the past. And so they'll, they'll just bump it up to 120 um, from 60. And realistically, you know, once you got that 36 grit uh, coarse ground or the blade primary ground, you know, hitting it at 60 and then hitting it, following that with 220 is really just the difference of maybe like five or 10 minutes. And really like at that point, that's, that's worth that five or 10 minutes rather than having to start over right. um, and losing that material, I think, and all that time that you've already put into it. I've actually so. cracked a blade. I did the file work on the back of a blade. Sure. And then I didn't, I, you could, you know, sometimes what I'll do is I'll start with a, with a triangular file first, and then yeah. I'll go in with a round file, but I don't, sometimes I'll, I won't go 
all the way through with the round and then you'll see just a little bit of the the mark from where the di the, the triangular file was yeah. that's where i got the crack it was i let this <clears throat> this little fissure that was where the stress crack came from and it was because i'd created right. this little indentation that was you know it was like an invitation for to a crack yeah invitation for crack there you go all right <laughs> Uh, this next one is from, let's see, we did Robert Corner from Grant Forge Works. He says, hey, man, can I ask That's you a KLB. question? That's KLB. That's Gant Forge Works. It's KLB. Grant? Oh, Gant. Damn. I'm fucking up his name. KLB. Again. KLB. Uh, he says, hey, guys, can I ask you a question? Since almost all of the forging classes have been canceled, are there any online resources you could suggest for helping improve my knife-making skills? What do you guys got? Mm. Um, I think uh, Alec did one a while back, didn't he? Alec sure. Steele. I think his classes are probably still online. Yeah. Um, listening to uh, Jeff's um, the other day, you could see uh, with John Ariani. I know he was doing some Zoom classes as well, by the sounds of things. Right. So I think there is, there's stuff going on. Well, you know, at first I thought you said Zumba. No, so so John Ariani teaches at the New York Studio School, and because it's an art school, obviously you can't be, you know, you, we can't we have so, with social distancing, they're not opening up for classes, so they're doing a lot of classes online, Zoom classes. So that, that's one thing is is you know we talk about how people, <laughs> a lot of people say, you know, you you're just learning on YouTube and you got to take a class. Well, it's becoming harder and harder to do that. So they're they're, they're gonna have, someone's gonna have to figure something out. And so you if you were to look at other people's YouTube videos, I will say I will give a giant props to uh, Alex Pohl and Moonshine Metalworks and Joe because they make my I think they make my favorite tutorial blacksmithing videos it's, they have a website they have a youtube channel called the forge and they do the 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 camera work is beautiful the i mean the lighting is beautiful they look great and he, they it's very very easy to see forging really really nice forging but the images it's like it's like a movie it's like a documentary movie so and alex pole if you look it up alex pole and the mm. forge he does one on, on under alex pole where he does it where he forges an axe and he, he's right. You're right there at the anvil, and you're you're seeing it. And I think that I think that yes, it's not perfect to be. You know, you need. You know, you should be in a class environment with a with a, with with someone to guide you. But what can you do? You know, yeah. you, you need something. You know, you need to watch yeah. something. It's definitely not the yeah. same um, as being in person. No, and being, of course. Being able to get that direct feedback from somebody, but it's it's the best you can do right now. Sure. I mean, it's all you can do. I mean, people, you know, that's the thing is that people are trying to make do with what they have, you know, and, and, yeah. and I think that you're going to have to see these companies like, and I know that John was telling me, we were talking about it and I said, and I was like, wow, now all of a sudden you can have students from all over the world. It doesn't have to just be, uh, it doesn't just have to be in New York. And he says, yeah, he says he's got, they have a student from Scotland who's changed their sleeping patterns just so they can take the Zoom classes. Jesus. There wow. you go. Wow. Jesus. That's right. His name is Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Jesus from Scotland. Yeah. I also did my, my, uh, what is it? The Forged in Place series. Yeah, there you go. It's just the, the Brute to Forge, little bench knife. Very simple, uh, introductory, mm. kind of basic blacks or bladesmithing stuff. So that's another potential thing for folks out you there. You gotta, you gotta do whatever it takes. You know, yeah. you gotta do whatever it takes. Cool. 
Okay, this next one is a gift for us. It's an absolute gift. Mm. It comes from We Shave Ard. So, We Shave Ard. I think this is a good opportunity for us to talk about a new sponsor of ours. Um, it is Manscaped. Manscaped.com. So, summer's coming. You can hear it. You can hear it in the background. <laughs> summer's coming. Um, we're all pretty hot. Some of you are standing in front of forges all day as well. You need oh, to get yeah. those balls. Trimmed. Oh, you need you need to get those those balls. They'll be dripping wet. You need to sort <laughs> them out. Dang, Manscaped's never gonna ask us to do anything again. You're talking yeah. about dripping wet balls. <laughs> so Manscaped.com, they make um, a grooming kit for for men uh, for your sensitive regions. Um, to, to keep them look, this isn't the 70s anymore. We need to keep in trim. So they sent the three of us um, a kit. Yeah. Um, and I've got to say, these were, these were packaged like amazingly beautifully well. Yeah. So, that, you know, printed really well and so on. And um, I think the three of us may have had slightly different packages of what was in there. Yeah. So I had the, the lawnmower 3.0. <laughs> Fucking lawnmower wow. 3.0. You needed it, I guess. Well, possibly. So basically, <laughs> it's it's a it's a it's a shaver uh, which is USB charged, um, and it's got all this this great technology in it. It's got like advanced skin safe technology, so you don't, yeah. nobody wants to nick a ball, you know. <laughs> so this stuff is it's 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 made with the with uh, the man's sensitive regions in That's great. in mind. <laughs> Um, I mean, personally, I'm sitting on sandpaper now to stop me falling <laughs> off this this off this chair because I am as smooth as an otter's pouch. Oh, wait, so, smooth as an otter's an otter's pouch? An otter's pouch? What the fuck is yes. that? <laughs> it's just it's just a frame of reference. Oh. But yes, lawnmower 3.0. Um, you can go to manscaped.com um, and get 20% off your own kit, and there's free shipping as well. But you need to use the the code knife talk 20. Knife talk all in caps. Get those balls shaved. Um, money also goes to um, testicular cancer research as well. That's important. So it's a, so it's a very a very good cause. Um, but you you two guys have received them as well. What do you yeah. think? What do you think? Well, I used mine for my face, and it was actually the best. Um, it was the best shaver, the electric shaver I ever had. I will say that. That would be the 7,000 RPM motor I, with quiet stroke technology. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I seem to remember I got my package in, your package. I mean, I don't mean to say package, but I got our, <laughs> I got yours sent to me, and I sent yours to you. You did. You and did. I tested yours yeah. out on my balls. <laughs> <laughs> so it worked great. I, went stra- I, I didn't go to – I went straight to balls. <laughs> I did too with yours. I went straight to my yeah. balls, and then I sent it to you. <laughs> so, you know, I, here's, the th- here's the thing, the real thing. And this is funny. They sent me some uh, – what is this, ball deodorant? You know, that's good. And, we, you know, you got some ball toner. That's good too. But let's just cut the shit. Some of you guys, I've seen your faces, and they're these crazy – D- crazy beards with like no z- with no uh, cleaning no i mean it looks like crazy craziness so i can only imagine the fucking barbed wire below your belt why don't you <laughs> fucking help yourself out and give yourself some you know straightening up because you know the person in your life might appreciate it too exactly exactly get yourself some so it's not yeah. It's not just for the nutbush. It's also for the, for the nutbush nut city limits. <laughs> the nutbush? <laughs> Fucking nutbush? 
Um, I'm going to quickly run through some of the features. So um, it's a 90-minute battery. You can use it in the shower. It's waterproof. Um, there's an LED light on it, so you can see where you're, where you're mowing. <laughs> um, charge, uh. charging stand. They're brilliant. So, yeah, take a look. Manscaped.com. Get 20% off. Mareko, what are your thoughts? I also only use it on my face. Uh, oh, you guys. <laughs> I was the test dummy. I thought the three of us were going we're going <laughs> full uh, nut bush, but no. Well, oh, you can't use yeah. it on your face and then your balls and then back to your face. So it's, you got to take – I mean, one well, must, I mean, one must on, make Jeff. decisions. One must you're, make – You're not trip. leaving the shop and then using the shaver. Hopefully you're taking a shower first. <laughs> well, wait a second. No, no, I'm just – I mean, you know, I'm, I wouldn't – I don't think I would use a ball shaver on my face after I've used it on my balls. Hmm. They, 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 you can use them in the shower. They're perfectly clean. Right. You ball perfectly face. Clean. You got ball hair face. That's what you got. <laughs> <laughs> don't cross-contaminate. Don't cross-contaminate. No, but it, it worked great. It was great for keeping the, the beard trimmed, especially for, uh, you know, especially for proper kind of like PPE protection. Um, for your I, – I use a – what is it? The, the, the 3M mask. And for that to lay properly on my face, you know, you got to keep your facial hair trimmed down. Otherwise, it's not really keeping the particulates out. And so I used it for keeping my beard trimmed for for my better overall health. That's a very good You're idea. Manscaped. It's a yeah. Manscaped.com. Get 20% off using Knife Talk 20. And it's taken, it's, <laughs> it's taken 33 years off my life. <laughs> I'm now like a 10-year-old boy. <laughs> and, you've gained, and you gained about four inches. Looking good. Uh, Looking good. There's there's no complaints here. Put it this way. Careful. Careful. Uh, Shall we move on? Please. Studio underscore Sing um, says, got a question on pricing knives. Um, I've seen a lot of knives done by amazing makers uh, be priced much lower than I would think. Um, Another work that's priced much higher than I would think. Do you guys have a metric on how you can price knives? I usually start with keeping a tally on my consumables and have that as my break-even material cost. Then I establish an hourly rate based on my skill level to make a decent profit. So for knives that are priced around about $4,000-ish, does it really take that long to make or am I missing something with my pricing metric? He says, thanks, dudes, and keep those fingers gloved. Mm. Fingered gloves. Lo- people love that. Gloved finger. <laughs> so it's the it's the classic uh pricing thing right. which i think we've sort of done to death before so i'm going to give you both a countdown let's go with morocco first you've got 20 seconds go okay my advice would be to go to somebody who knows how to price these things which is a retailer it's not a bad way to start so go check out some retailers there are a lot of them around the country Wow, you wow. hit the post, the dude. The you hit the fucking post. Ready, All Jeff. the time. Let's see if you can add to yeah. that. I try to create value, and I talk about it with my business partner, and I look at what other people are doing, and I want to keep I like to keep my prices on the lower side because I want to keep going. I didn't do it. There we go. It wasn't as good. Um, I'll jump in as well. Forget about your material costs. It's all about your cost as uh, your your worth as a maker. The actual material costs are pennies. So forget about that and charge what you can. Look at you hit the post too. Oh, like, like a that. proper DJ. And you stuff. are like a proper DJ. Oh, that reminds <laughs> me. I was interviewed on a podcast that's coming up by some real radio guys. So we, you are a podcast. These are the listen moment. to me. Would, would you <laughs> stop it? I listen. I talked about you guys. I talked about our podcast. It's a podcast called The Masters of None. 
and these are real serious XM radio guys. And we had a good time, and we just they uh, we talked about the podcast. But it was a Hudson Valley situation, and uh, yeah, it was interesting talking to real radio guys. <laughs> Where can people listen to I this? Know, it's not up yet, but it's it's not up yet. Yeah, it's not up yet. I'll, I'll fucking say it when it's up. It was fun. We talked about stupid stuff. It was great. Cool. Who wants to take the next question? You. Are All right. It's from. What's that? No, I was just reminding myself that Greg says you are a podcast whore. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This next one is from Chris Adams. He says, "Question: When treating multiple blades in your even heat, what is your process? If you have six blades in the oven heating to 1900 F." Do you take one out, quench, and then wait for the oven to stabilize again to 19F, or do you just bang through them all? How do you do your batches? Shall I go first? Yeah. Okay. Um, preparation. Get everything ready that you need. Um, if I'm doing stainless and I've got a bunch of plates and I've got like a, like a fridge chiller next to me so I can change the plates out quickly and then that kind of thing. Um the thing is, the oven's going to lose a lot of heat as soon as you open the door. That doesn't necessarily mean that the knife will, because the, the heat is in the knife. You know, the, the air around it, that'll, that'll be sucked up the room very quickly. But the, the, the actual knife won't lose that much heat. So, I, personally, I wouldn't do any more than six anyway. Um, but just do, yeah, six at a time. And you should be good. By the time you finish quenching one, you, you know, as long as you shut the door behind you, the, the, the temperature's going to come back up anyway. But I wouldn't be too worried about what the temperature reading is saying then because the knife itself, I mean, the temperature reading is for the air within the within the kiln. The actual knife itself will be holding a lot of that temperature anyway. Hmm. Hmm. I don't, I'm, do I'm too think? afraid to do more than, th- I do, I usually do three at a time because sure. it's very right. passive work for me. So like I can do other things and I can get if i can get three done in a course i i can guarantee that i won't be you know running around is it but it's the mm. same thing it's you make sure you open it up grab it close the door back up and if you use the lb18 you can have the no co- coils in the back so what will happen is is that air you're losing is the air closest to the to the tang of your knife you know so it's like i open that's in my thoughts in my thought i'm thinking more you got more heat in the front or in the back so yeah. the same thing you were saying, but I'm I, I'm just a little bit, you know, I, I never, I guess when I'm doing big batches, I'll try to do like 10 or 12 completely a day. And then that'll give me enough time to temper them as well without having to worry. But yeah. I don't really, I try, I don't feel, I don't feel like I'm gaining anything by doing six or, you know, more than three at a course. I don't. Okay. But no. that's just me. Yeah. So my, my big my main concern when I'm heat treating a batch is allowing the oil uh, uh, to come down in temperature because oils have a kind of an ideal operating range that they want to work within. And by the time you've got at least the, by the time I got three eight inch full tang chef's knives quenched in that oil, it's, it's definitely gone up out beyond that uh, temperate operating range. So uh, part of the reason I only do three at a time is to give that oil an opportunity to start cooling back down. So that's in that ideal range while the other, the next three knives or whatever knives are coming back, coming up to temperature in the kiln. So that would that's be my a, approach. That's an excellent point. That's I, that's something because you know um, Craig and I were talking about basically quate plate quenching, and you know you can cool aluminum plates down relatively easily, even just dumping water. Mm. But you're a thousand percent right. I was actually going to get make 
two more quench tanks because when I was doing the Cuban knives and I was heat treating mm -hmm. 36 knives, I was very concerned about the heat of the oil. That was a very, very big concern to me, and you're a thousand right. percent right. You got to be real. Wait, wait there. Very concerned or very, very concerned. You said both then. You're either very concerned or very, very concerned. <laughs> take, take, you got to be concerned, man. <laughs> Come on, man. You, you know, put, your ball, get, put your ball toner on and be concerned. <laughs> okay, let's move on with another one. Um, Chris Adams says, um, when treating multiple... Bla no, just did that one. Shit, we just did that one, yeah. I tell you what, let's use this time to talk about um, your grinder, Jack. Tell us about your grinder. I have... The Broadbeck Ironworks 2 by 72 grinder, and boy, is it great. It is great, and it's uh, very, very user-friendly, very intuitive and, and, and uh, user-friendly. Did I say user-friendly already? You can put it uh, horizontally. You can put it vertically. It has a super long platen for the slack belt arm. That's great. It has an adjustable uh, work rest, so you can make it very, very long if you were to use jigs. And you, you know, you're let's say you're grinding uh, long chef knives, and you need a long jig, or you need a jig. They have a long uh, work rest, so you can really, you know, use it really well. It's great. Uh, they have tons of attachments. All the attachments uh, fit on the slack belt arm, so the price of the of the attachments is much in, less expensive than if you were to buy arms for every single one. And they're great guys. It's Ryan and Vince. They both quit their jobs. Business has been so good that they're 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 taking the plunge and they're going full time with Broadbeck. Um, they're super good guys. And if you go to BroadbeckIronworks.com, put in uh, Knife Talk Five, you get five percent off. And they don't fool around with the cost of the shipping. The shipping's included in the price of the, of the machine, so they're not going to nickel and dime you and stuff like that. And I've had a lot of people actually say, say ask me questions. And what I'll say to them is, send a message to Ryan or or Vince at Broadbeck Ironworks on Instagram. And they'll get back to you and give you more information than you thought you needed. They're super, super approachable. They're very appreciative of you guys because they want your business. And, and they give credible customer service, and it's definitely worth it. So go to Broadbeck Ironworks, follow them on Instagram, and put in Knife Talk 5 for 5% off. And follow them because they always have these quick sales. They just had one over the last... Um, over the, from the third to the sixth, they do little quick flash sales, and they're always really good. So, give them a follow and uh, get yourself some Broadback Ironworks with Knife Talk Five. There we go. Okay, next one is from Handmade Cutlery. If you died and found out that the afterlife is just you stuck inside of a movie, what movie would you want to be stuck inside mm. of? Let's start with Morocco. Mm. You know, I just went back through and watched the Matrix series again, and it's a really good series of movies. Um, although there is a lot of violence in them, and I don't know if I'd necessarily want to be caught up in the violence. Unless I can't yeah. die again, then I don't care. <laughs> I would say the Matrix, but otherwise, maybe um, like uh, Inception's another really good one that I've, good movie. I've watched again recently. It was really That's good. It's a really good movie. Um, I'm a very uh, vivid dreamer. And um, so it has a lot of appeal to me to kind of go into your dreams and and learn things and and do crazy things and whatever. What do they do? They build a bunch of cities and structures and stuff. I don't know. Anyway, what is that? It's Christopher mm -hmm. Nolan, right? 
Sure. That's the, Christopher Nolan's the guy who wrote the movie. He's doing a new movie called Tenet, which is about uh, time travel. He's a, he did okay. the Dark Knight series. He's I loved Inception. I think a lot okay. of people either loved it or they hated it, and I loved it. I, loved I thought it. it was I thought it was great. I thought it was a great movie. Yeah. What do you think, Craig? What kind of movie you want to be stuck in? The greatest movie of all Uh-oh. time, Rocky Four. Get the fuck out of here! Are you out of your mind? <laughs> I'm joking, oh, I'm joking. it is. It is one of the greatest movies of all time. Is that what? But, um, Which one was Rocky Four? Is that with Drag? Ivan? Rocky Four with Drago when he with the, the Russian. Fuck out of here, man! <sighs> amazing, uh, amazing. Um, let me, <laughs> let me think. I think something um, like what I was going to say. Something with the kids. It sounds terrible. Something like like Stand by Me. You know where the, you know oh, you, like the kids are off on an adventure, they're having a great time, or the Goonies, yeah, Goonies or something. Yeah. You know, something like that. You know, <laughs> relive your childhood and just have, you know, fun sure. summers. I'll be honest with you. That'd be cool. I this I've read these questions and I'm thinking about. I I swear to God, that all the questions I thought about this and all I could come back with was I am too anxious to be in any movie. I'm too anxious to have to sit through all the turmoil and the tumult. I. I don't watch movies anymore because there's just too much anxiety. It's just too much. I'm telling you, it's like I have real mental problems. I get, I just, ugh, I don't know. Maybe, uh, I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Even the cooking movies, I'd be, it's too much anxiety. It's just everything's too much anxiety for me. You know, let's just go with uh, what would be good. Uh, I don't, I don't. I, it's even hard for me. Transformers. <laughs> Transformers. Yeah, I'll go with Transformers. I want to be. I want to be. I want to be. Yeah, giant robots. I do like those. I I love one of my some of my favorite sets of movies are old Akira Kurosawa movies. Oh, they're sure. very. They're so Seven beautifully Samurai. made. Seven yeah. Samurai, Ran, uh, Throne of Blood. Throne of Blood is the Japanese version of Macbeth. I, it's just they're so beautiful and they're just so artful and. And um, I just love watching them. I love being surrounded by the these old, old Japanese movies. Oh, I'll tell you what movie, the, the great movie of all time. Have you seen Black Rain? That's old school. Black Rain is Michael Douglas is like some tough cop from whatchamacallit. And someone's you know, assassinated in this town by this Japanese Yakuza. And then he goes over to Japan and he, he teams up with a Japanese detective and they beat the shit out of some yakuza that's a great <laughs> terrible movie great you don't want to be stuck in that movie, i want to watch it <laughs> i want to be stuck in it i want to watch it he's, he's, okay watch it over and yeah, over i'll watch it i'll watch it black rain is definitely a great underrated nice. shitty movie you were talking about time travel before um an, another really great movie if anybody is into time travel movies is, is a movie called about time it's a really good one what's that about time <laughs> uh it's about this this kid that learns uh, that his family, like the the men in his family, have the ability to travel back in time. Um, and the, yeah, it's it's a really good one. It's it's a it's kind of like a it's kind of a, I don't know like a romantic drama or something like that. Rachel McAdams is in it, and um, yeah, it's hmm. it's there's a bunch of English actors as well. There you go. Um, I would have Move assumed your... Craig has seen it. Why? Because he's English. Really no. Because he's English. He's British. Yeah, absolutely. I'm being prejudiced. Right now, yeah, certainly not English. Yeah, just yeah, to make the British. point. Yeah. Sorry, Welsh. We're learning Sorry, that. Yeah. We're learning that. <sighs> so that's your that's yeah. your movie review. Are you two sons <laughs> of bitches ready for a quiz or what? Let's do it. Ooh, let's do it. Let's do it. Would you like a jingle? To I be would played? fucking des- demand a jingle to be played. And you guys have to have. Let's bu- get quizzical. And you both have to have buzzers. Buzzers. Oh, okay. Okay, I've got you my. You ready? Buzzer. 
I don't. You got a buzzer? No, not yet. I gotta pull up my sound thing. Well, you can make a noise for, out of your mouth. Here's mine. Yeah, you can do that. I want it. <clears throat> Craig, uh, Marekka, just make a noise out of your mouth. There <clears throat> <laughs> you go. That was <laughs> fucking perfect. You're gonna have to burp every single time. Tell me when you're ready. Ready. I'm ready. All right. So here's the question. <clears throat> First question. If a nine-inch chef knife has an overall length of 15 inches, what's the overall total length of six nine-inch chef knives? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, all right, Craig, what is the answer? 90 inches. Fucking good. Nice job. One for Craig. Yeah. That was good. You had that quick. I was trying to figure out a way to make it a little bit tricky, but not too tricky. But uh, you got that one. All right. So here's the next question, <clears throat> and this is <clears throat> you don't need a you don't need a buzzer for this one. The last person to get the answer is going to be the get the point. Does that make sense? So like I'm going to ask you this question, and then you're going to go back and forth. Okay. okay. So okay. we know about a full tang and hidden tang. The words full tang and hidden tang. Name as many other tangs as you can. Does that make sense? Wow. So one at a time, and 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 I, I I will allow you to you know be creative. I mean not too creative. An orangutan. Oh fucking good! That wasn't even on my list. Go ahead. <laughs> Very good. I wasn't even on my list. Go ahead. Uh, Ryan. stick tang. Take it. Go ahead, Craig. Um. <laughs> Orange tang, which is that really orange? I'll take it. Oh, That's Jesus. tang is in there. Orange tang is in there. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, oh, I see. So it's not just knife stuff. It's any tang. Any type of t anything with oh. the word tang in it. Okay. Well, I can only think of the knife stuff right now, so I'll say through tang. <laughs> I'll take it. Keep going. You're being generous. I'm, I'll take it. I'm not gonna. What am I gonna? What am I gonna do? I'm saying nah, that's not on my list. I didn't know orangutan was gonna be on the list. Go ahead, Craig. Give me <laughs> Wu Tang. Perfect. That God was on my it. list. Go ahead. I get two God more God. good ones. What do you think? I can't think of anything. I can't think of anything. All right. Well, there was Poontang, which I was thought you guys would say right <laughs> off the bat. I didn't think anyone was going to miss that one. And then there's the 2001 comedy written and directed by Louis C.K., Pootie Tang. You know about uh -huh. Pootie Tang? All right. So that's another one for Craig. <clears throat> Look at you. All right. So the next question is, in 1983, which Canadian artist wrote and sang, hold on a second, this song? Brian Adams. Fucking good. Look at you. That was right. Cuts like a knife. <laughs> you fucking got it. Wow. There you go. Craig's Groove up in Vancouver. I didn't think you were going to get that one. Did you do you know about Brian Adams, Reco? I'm not I'm not old enough for that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> PS kicking the ball. Yeah, PS. PS. Your your occupation is bladesmith. So let's just stop with what I mean it's like the oldest fucking thing in the world. All right. Last question. <laughs> In the 2003 movie Kill Bill, the bride, Uma Thurman, asks notorious Hattori Hanzo to give her a sword to kill Bill. Perhaps the most highly anticipated film of 2003, Kill Bill Volume 1, marked the return of the renowned filmmaker Blank after a six-year hiatus. Name the filmmaker. 
Quentin oh Tarantino. There you go. There you go. Yay, now, for extra credit, extra credit, <laughs> extra credit, name the actor who played Hattori Hanzo. Oh, Jesus. Anybody? Bill Murray. Fuck you. That, that should take all your points away from Bill Murray. No, it was it was Sonny Chiba. Sonny Chiba was a classic Japanese. He did the movie Street Fighter, classic Japanese action movie. Well, congratulations, Craig. You won three to one, and uh, there you go. There you go. There you go. Woohoo! Congratulations. I've never actually seen Kill Bill. <laughs> that was for me. What <laughs> <laughs> was that? That was my loser jingle. Oh, come on. It's all fun. It's all good. It's all good. Kill Bill's a great movie. I like Kill Bill very much. That is a good one. Yeah, never seen that. I, I, I need to. What? I, yeah. I know. I know. I'm wow. not into that, that kind of film. You know, I, He's, I, yeah. Quentin Tarantino is such a fascinating filmmaker. I love every movie he has done. Um, I, I really enjoy filmmakers who... It's not just a uh, filmmaker who is just directing a movie, but they're creating th- their own situation to make it very interesting. I love, I love Quentin Tarantino. I do think it's. T- I, I have a personal pr- uh, problem with violence in movies. I honestly, without us going too far into it, I do think that it does contribute to the behavior of man. But you know, what can you do? It's an escape. Hmm. There you go. Okay. As the winner, I choose that we move Let's on. Let's do it. Are All the time. Paul Belletta asks about trends in knife making. What do you see as the current design trends in knife making? And do you try and adopt your designs, finish knives to these trends? Or do you just do your own thing? Thing. Thing. What do you Jeff, guess? what do you think? I, current trends, what are you seeing I, out there? I think the that I think that people do see what other people are doing and then they're seeing success in it and then they're using it and uh, activating it in their own situation. Um I think the new trend is people are making more chef knives. That's what I think. I think that all these EDC guys are realizing, hey, I'm not making that much money with these things. Why don't I make some chef knives? That's the, I think that the chef knife business now is as is, is good as it's ever been, uh, that's from what I understand. And um, I don't know. I, 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 still feel, I still feel like you've got a, a lot of trends come from um, what is working for other people. And these small evolutions to what is really working for other people and how you want to adapt it to your own stuff. So, yeah, they're of course. I mean, yes. <laughs> That's my answer, yes. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, design trends. Um, I, don't, I don't think there's anything that, you know, people are, any bandwagons people are jumping on at the moment. Um, I did see a lot of... Um, um, you know, after you did your your Cuban knife, so a lot of those styled knives. I didn't. I did not start that trend. I yeah, well, that's why I'm wondering trend. whether that's just because I was, you know, you, you weren't you, looking. You, that I for exactly. sure, I certainly, and I even yeah. got a message from uh, Hele Hasenberg, uh, and he had said that mm. he'd been doing that for quite a while. He wasn't like he wasn't yeah. coming after me yeah. about it, but he was, we were talking about it, and I and I was very aware that you know I didn't start that trend. Yeah. And that, I think that's the thing. When, when you start to see something and you notice it, you notice them a hell of right. a lot more. Whereas, you know, if it's not a thing, you don't really notice. So, <laughs> yeah, I, there's no yeah. sort of design trend that I could say that I'm seeing a lot of at the moment. Okay. And with regards to adapting my designs and doing your own thing. Um, more people are yeah, focusing yeah. on food release. That's for sure. Mm. Don't really? you think? Yeah. You don't think so? I, I haven't particularly noticed. No. I have. Don't yeah. you? What do you think, Mareko? Uh, 
Uh, yeah, I feel like I've seen a lot more people doing. You mean like an S grind? Yeah, whatever kind of thing. Yeah, I've been seeing a lot more S grind. Uh, I've I feel like I've also been seeing a lot more kind of uh, faceted handles, and not just like the Japanese style handles, but kind of like a faceted Western style. So like a Western style profile, but with facets on it. Right. Um, and I agree. Yeah, chefs knives have definitely been on an upswing for sure um, over the last. Pfft, especially the last five, 10 years. Yeah. Um, but just in the last year, it's like double. It seems like everybody wants to make a chef's knife, especially new makers. Um, well, you get more, you have more of a demand because all of a sudden now you're, you know, everyone needs to cook. You sure. Gotta cut, you got to cut something. Right. Um, I'm just trying to think like things I, you know, I, I see things that are inspirational all over the place. Um, and I don't know, I, I, when I adapt them, uh, I try to make it, I, I definitely try to adapt them to make them my own thing. But, you know, I think somebody's, I've, I feel like I heard it somewhere before, but all art is stealing. It's just stealing in your own way or in your own style, right? And so it's kind of, I don't know, just whatever the trends are, I think what's most important is interpreting them in your own way and not just, you know, obviously people will directly rip off, but. I think you'll you'll say more and do more if you kind of adapt it in your own way. It's interesting that you say that because back when I was a, an art major and we had to do critiques, an expression that we used to really get into, and it was not in the beginning of being an art major and going through the critiques, it was towards the end. It's finding your own voice and finding mm -hmm. your own style and making it your own. And that was such a huge, and it's something that you can see. You can see when someone has grown into something and they've taken something and then they've made it their own. And I think that that's something that's there's no like um, there's no metric to decide how much how how have they've developed their own style. But you can you, you know, it when you see it like that is an appropriate use of that, I can see it's not just it's not just something that he's taken, because a lot of times with knives, especially you can take little tricks and tips and then insert them into your design. So it's, it's not like a painting, you know, it's not like a, it's not like, mm -hmm. um, you know, sculpture where you can just take something and then put it in whereas a knife you can say, okay, let's just do a facet handle this time, or let's do this. And it, how you can kind of bring it into what you're doing and then create your own voice and using your own vocabulary and creating something that's yours is the true test of, You've passed the passed off on um, what other people are doing, and you're doing your own thing. No, perfectly put. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> Go on, you take the next one. All Jeff. right, the next one comes from Ryan Chris. Hey, cuties, what's in a name? Is there a reason some knife makers name their business a forge, like Crooked River Forge, or others uh, do not like uh, Homestead Knives? Is this a preference or is there a significance? Also, do you really need to be officially licensed business before you can use a maker's mark? Sorry for a long question. So he wants to know what's in a name, and then the next thing is, do you need to be a? You don't need a You don't need a business license to have a touch mark. You make whatever the hell you want. I mean, I wouldn't go get the Nike swoosh, but but I mean, <laughs> you know, you know, you can do whatever the hell you want. Yeah. Yeah, and I think with regards to names, I mean, you mentioned a couple there, so there's Crooked River Forge and Homestead Knives. Um, you've got to assume that they've got the word forge in their name, that they're forging knives. Um, but, but you know, that's to go with knives in Mareko the name. said the same thing. Be, he said the right thing. Could, Some people do it and they don't. They put it in because ah. they, they put it in because 
you're trying to create a perception of what you're doing. Yeah, wouldn't advise that. <laughs> yeah, if you're not forging knives, don't call yourself something or other forge. It's, it's just, yeah, well, why would you do that? Um, but yeah, if, you know, there's, I don't think there's any, you know, uh, stipulation of, of what you need to call your business. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I'm Chop Knives and Jeff's is Jeff's choosing choose and choose his name, Fader Knives and, and Mareko as well, using his name. So, you know, there's no set rule to things. Um, and with regards to uh, having to be a licensed business before using a maker's mark, go crazy. Do what you well, like. Well, it is interesting because we have talked to somebody who, when I talked to, when we talked to Jared Thatcher, Boot Hill Blades, he specifically wanted it in his name to not be in it in case he was going to sell the company. You know, he was very thoughtful oh. in regards to his name not being in it. And um, that was something that he took in consideration. He had, had to actually had to change the name of his company because he was, there was another company, I don't I think it was like based on the town that he was in. And there yeah. was, he had to change his name of the company because he was infringing on another company that sounded exactly the same. Hmm. So, and then in regards to what's in the name, I was talking to John. I talked to Jonathan Porter all the time, and he told me a few years ago that someone had given him Fritz because his name's Doghouse Forge, and this guy was under the this person was under the impression that he didn't forge anything, so he said that he should change his name because you're not forging knives. You shouldn't be forged. He's a, isn't he a farrier? He's, he's a like farrier. He but he does for, he forges his, all his own. Uh, he forges he forges a lot of knives. He forges his own Damascus too. But he was just like, I had to explain to this guy. I'm like, I don't need to hear from you in regards to what I do. Don't, what do you, what is this? You're not some, oh, you know. No, he was true. Yeah. It was just this guy was just like, you should change your name because you don't forge anything. He's like, oh, fuck yourself because I do. Hmm. Well, the three of us have made like brands from, you know, from the name. And that's what, you know, everybody does when they, they pick their name. That you know, hoping this can become a brand kind of thing. Do you have any regrets? Because you, you couldn't change your name now, could you? Because no. you're known as as Faded. I would love, and obviously with Morocco too. Did, did you have any any regrets in you know initially? Choosing kind of, that sort name? of. But I, I I do like the idea of I do like the idea of selling the company. Like I'm not against it. Mm. Like when Tony and I first started putting together our business plan and kind of going over all of our you know operators operators agreements, he said to me, "What's your opinion on selling the business?" And like, show me the money. You know, it's like uh, you know. I, I got no problem with that. I mean, if it comes down to it, fine. I'm not against it. Um, but uh, no, no, I, I don't. I don't regret it. I mean, it, it was the idea was to kind of like create something very recognizable. Um, it would have been nice to have something where you had that ability, but you know, what can you do? No yeah. regrets, baby. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Morocco? Um, I didn't think about it uh, regarding uh, so. M the business name is obviously Malmasi Fire Arts. I didn't think about the acronym MFA because obviously, as Jeff will attest, MFA is a master of fine arts, also. Um, and or then motherfucking also, artist. Sure, motherfucking artist. Motherfucking artist, yeah. as, as uh, Uncle John would say. Yeah. Genghis John. His name Genghis is Genghis John. John. Sorry. Sorry. Um, and so the other thing too is a lot of people mess up fire arts and because they're so used to seeing fine arts so they uh accidentally write like malmasi fine arts or if you say uh fire arts too fast it sounds like you're saying farts <laughs> I so never <laughs> i never thought about malmasi farts yeah i guess you're right <laughs> i never even thought about that before in my so, life so 
but the, yeah, like Craig said, there's a little, <laughs> it's a little too late. There's nothing to really do about it now, except for just fucking mm. own it. So I think that's the biggest thing out of all, when it comes to names, whatever you end up coming with and coming up with, um, you, you just got to kind of stick with it and own it because the last thing you want to do is build it up. Cause that's the biggest part, uh, a big part of all of this, especially running as a business is developing a brand along with it and reputation that goes with that. And so if you if you start getting published or recognized and then you change your business name, you can't really necessarily attribute those past articles or, or, or things to yourself when you're a different company name at some point. So I think, mm. you know, whatever you do, just kind of stick with it. Um, but if you do think you want to sell it, um, then you might be careful not to use your name, like Boot Hill. Um, so, or, or I mean, like Jared Thatcher made the choice with Boot by using Boot Hill Blades instead of his name. So, mm. yeah, I think, I think that's, yeah. See, I thought I was being clever by using Chop because it's it, you know it's an action that you do with a knife. Um, but when it comes to using a verb as your business name it can be very difficult to sort of protect that in any way. Mm. So there, I mean, there, there's a bunch of other, well, I know of one of the chop knives, which they spell slightly different. Um, irritatingly, their logo is very, very similar, <laughs> but they've got an extra letter in there. Um, and I, I wouldn't say it's intentional, but I, I think it's You think you listen to the podcast? Ah, oh, I don't care. Do not care. But... Um, yeah, I mean, I chose chop because, as I say, it, it's something that you do with a knife. Um, but also because it, it, it's short. Um, and the, the whole sort of, you know, I've got a background in sort of uh, branding and design, that kind of stuff as well. And my sort of style when it comes to sort of graphic design is very, very simple and simplistic. Black and white, um, very sort of typography based. And, and chop works very well for that. Um, those four letters, they work very well, and, you know, from a typographical point of view. Um, so that was the reason for that. But yeah, I do have a bit of regret, re regret because um, if you put chop knives in Google, it took a long time for that to to become something that would be recognized because mm. you, know, you, you, do, you do chop with a knife. But thankfully it is. It's, it, you know, it, it come, now comes up. Um, but there are other knife makers who use the word chop in their descriptions and in their headers and things like that. Um, so they, they also get brought up. Whereas obviously, if you put more massive fire arts into Google, no other knife yeah. maker is coming up. Right. Um, so there's you know there's loads of little consider considerations to make um, when it comes to your business name. When you when you know, when you look at things like branding as well, you know there's lots to take into account. But you know, yeah, basically don't put forge on if you're not forging. Uh, and when it comes to a maker's mark, you know don't have something that's you know 84 characters long because it's going to go right down all your blade. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Well, and that's a good point, actually, also about my name is, and, and the name of the company is, I guarantee almost nobody is searching the entire Malmasi Fire Arts. I guarantee they're just searching Malmasi knives. Yeah. Um, and so that's another thing to think of is, bre you know, brevity is, is, can be key because nobody's going to, I don't, yeah, like I said, I don't think anybody searches Malmasi Fire Arts uh, knives. I think it's just the Malmasi knives. And, uh, you know, you hear all kinds of stories about companies who had long, elaborate names and then every, like, you know, uh, everybody just calls, calls it by short. And then that by short name becomes the new company and they rebrand as the short name, right. you know? Yeah. And so, and I think particularly what we do, which is very sort of traditional has been done for hundreds of years. So there was a style of naming that kind of company. But now when you think 
uh, well, personally for me, 99% of my business is done online. Yeah. And I'm sure for you guys, most of your stuff is online as well. Yeah. So yeah, keeping it short would certainly help in, in that way. <sighs> yeah. It's 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 not as easy as as you know as a simple. Yeah, but you, you, know, you gotta go forward. You need you gotta, some. You need some. Some people thought. need to make a decision. You gotta make a decision too. Sometimes yeah. you just gotta like go with it. However, mm. I will say that I, I'm not mad at Lockwood Knives. I'm not mad at that name either. If you're decided mm. to change your name, uh, Lockwood is. No, you could make like, like you could make like locking knives, folding knives, Lockwood knives. Oh man, that's not a bad name right there. With wood from the Lockwood there you Woodwood. Go. From the fucking forest. <laughs> Locking knives from the, from the wood from Look the Lockwood at you. Woodwood. Okay. Look at you. <laughs> okay. All right. This next one is from Paul Fabrizi. He says I recently finished an integral knife. I had some troubles hand sanding the transition from the bolster to the softer wood. Uh, how does one keep this transition nice and flat and not dig deeper into the wood uh, than the steel? Thanks for your help. Love the podcast. Mm, we've done this one before. Are you ready for a countdown? Morocco, this has got you written all over it. Are you ready? I was going to say, this is all Jeff. I was going to say, do the countdown and it's all you. <laughs> <laughs> Both do a countdown. Ready, steady. Morocco first. Uh, so I do all my handle sculpting on a machine. I use uh, my rotary platen belt backing, and that helps keep that transition nice and clean. Hey, you cut me short. Oh, you didn't. It cut out, and so I thought you turned it off early. No, 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 right. no. Marek, uh, Jeff, you carry okay. on where we left off. I agree. <laughs> Stop it there. Damn Stop it. it there. I do like a disc grinder. I do like getting a flat, just a flat back behind it. It does help. I agree. Okay. I'll read out the next question. If you guys want to pick one more question each, because we, we've got hundreds here. Uh, pick one more question each, and then we'll move on to uh, maybe some beefs or something. So the next one I'll choose from Duclaw Knives. Um, gut hooks, love them or hate them? Uh, and he's asking for tips on incorporating them into designs. Um, I, I don't make those kind of knives, so I've, I've never done a gut hook. But I am toying with the idea of a bottle opener on a camp knife at the moment, and I sort mm. of designed something up this week. I had some really good tips from people who saw the, like a very rough design that I put on Instagram. Nice. Um, Are you going to make yourself a pop chop? A pop chop. What's a pop chop? <laughs> you pop the oh, bottle and chop the wood. Oh, there you go. There you go. There you go. Pop chop. So when you so when you pull no. out the knife, you that that is like an Arnold Schwarzenegger move. You pop open the yeah. knife to open up your beer. So the the whole idea I had is where you've got that sort of Spanish notch. I thought let's make that um, something of use. Um, but as somebody pointed out, if you're grinding up to the Spanish notch, that area you've got there, um, the blade side. Um, it's going to be too thin because that's the straight edge that you need to, on the top of the bottle cap, and it'll just dig in. Um, so I ground one out just to see, and that yeah, they were right. So um, I'm, it's not going to be used as a Spanish notch on this particular design, but it is going to be in that area. So it will have a bottle opener, mm. but um, you... the actual grind will go a good sort of eight or nine mil in front of that. And if you want to keep your Spanish notch clean, use the Manscape. And promo code knife talks in. <laughs> Keep your Spanish notch clean, guys. Keep your Spanish notch clean. Um, and what you know, whilst we're talking about sponsors, let's talk about uh, Texas Farrier Supply. Um, they've been sponsors of the show for a long time. They stock a lot of stuff for the knife maker, um, including I'm I'm sitting on one now, a sheet of Rhino Wet. So Rhino Wet <laughs> is the is the uh, sandpaper that we all that we all use. It's the sandpaper of winners. 
Um, it's it comes in a bunch of different grits. Um, it it saves time and it saves money because it saves time. So why wouldn't you use it? It's the best sandpaper out there. You can get it from um, Texas Farrow Supply. So Rhinoet is made by Indasa, Indasa USA, who are, who are our sponsor. You can get it from Rhino from sorry Texas Farrow Supply at TexasFarrowSupply.com. Um, and you can get a, I think it's a 10% discount yes. by using Knife Talk 10 at TexasFarrowSupply.com. So go check them out. They've got lots of other stuff for knife makers. Go check them out, TexasFarrowSupply.com. What have you guys got? Have you found an interesting question? Uh, sure. Go ahead. All right. This one is from uh, Cody Hoffsummer. It says, hey, guys, I was curious if what your cust- uh, of what your customer care instructions are for carbon steel cutlery. Do you explain the patina that will form? Do you have a care sheet that you send with it? Thanks for the entertainment, Cody. So This is a perfectly timed question for me because it's something that I'm working on at the moment. So, yeah, at the moment I've got a little booklet that I send out. Um and I'm trying to reduce as much waste as possible with with anything like that. Because let's be, nobody's keeping these booklets. People are throwing them in the in the in the garbage or in the recycling. Um, so I've got this this laser come in, which I talked about last week, um, uh, like a fiber laser to to do my own markings on the steel. And you can dial down the intensity of the laser. Um, so I'm I'm hoping I've I've had this idea of actually writing uh, care instructions on the blade. But that will be just—you can just wipe off with a paper tissue. Whoa! Um, so, so when wow. you see the blade, it's all—it's all written on there. But before you use it, you wipe the blade, and the care instructions disappear. So I know that everybody would have seen these care instructions. So I'm hoping I'll be able to dial in the laser enough to do just a, enough of a surface mark that it'll wipe off. It's going to be an experiment, but I think that could look really cool. I thought you were going to say burn the instructions on the inside flap of the box, the packaging box. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that could be done. Um, But I was just thinking it'd be nice to have it on On the the blade. On On the actual blade. And you could just wipe it off with a paper towel. That's that's the goal. So I'll be yeah experimenting with the laser and see if I can dial that in enough. That's crazy. You can dial um, back like that. a, A temporary mark. Yeah, hmm. no. and that way nobody can say that they didn't see the instructions. It's you had to wipe off the the instructions to actually use the blades. So, it's a good idea. yeah, here's hoping I can do that. And if anybody out there's got a fiber laser, um, I'm I'm just waiting for mine to arrive, and I'm watching all the videos that I can um, on you know being able to use use it the best I can. Um, if they think that's possible, or if they've got any tips, send them my way. Wow. And don't rip off the idea. Don't rip off the idea. <laughs> that's uh, you know, that's the hardest part. Not ripping off the idea. <laughs> when you hear a good one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was going to, uh, you know, Florentine Kitchen Knives is such great packaging. And when you get their knife, they're in the wrapping paper is all the instructions. It looks mm. beautiful. And it's beautiful. And happy anniversary to Tomer and Gnome on the shop. It's two years old. Their shop in uh, Barcelona is two years old. So congratulations to them. Yeah, nice. and still looking as fresh as it looks. So every time I see a picture, I'm just so jealous, yeah. so jealous. What do you guys do? Uh, care instructions. 
my customers uh, i so i send them a like a certificate of authenticity kind of explaining you know with a rundown of all the different details of the on the knife from uh you know the blade's shape and precise measurements and weights and stuff um to the different types of steel and whatnot and so along with that piece of paper um i send along in the in the same envelope is kind of the care instructions of how to take care of the blade and and because uh, uh, you know i've to not include that, I think would be, I guess you're lacking transparency and almost kind of like kind of being disingenuous about how what's or, or yeah I don't know disingenuous about what's going to happen with the thing, especially if it's carbon steel, and so I try to cut that off and like Jeff says is kind of anticipate the needs of the customer, and let them know. Uh, even in conversations, even before leading up to the actual order, but talking about carbon steel and how it reacts to food and stuff. But then also following that up with the instructions uh, so that not only do they know it's going to happen, but how to take care of it and trying to empower the customers as, as much as possible for them to be able to, to handle that themselves. And kind of, you know, if they want to intentionally develop like a, a, a forced patina or, or how to keep it simply from rusting but allowing the patina to build up or removing the patina altogether and all that kind of stuff kind of goes through all that process yeah and they don't listen oh craig's got a video though right is that what you were saying Let's go back to you real quick i yeah i used to yeah uh, the video's probably still up okay. i used to sort of point people to that and within the packaging there'd just be a you know uh, the link qr code so explain it but i'll say if you do want to see online you know a video and it was just me just talking about you know the difference between stainless sure. and carbon steel knives right. and these people don't listen too like i've i've no the, they don't. you know we have it written on the website and, and i usually send in in one of the progress report emails and then I write, you know, and then we'll talk about it during the consultation. I'll just talk about it. I'll make sure they're very well aware of what's going to happen because, you know, I would say 90% of my knives are stainless steel anyway. So when I talk to someone with carbon steel, I just want to make sure they know exactly what they're getting into, you know. And all these people still don't fucking listen. I, I get messages from people like, I told them it was written down. It was written down. We told them, we told them, we told them. And he goes, why is it changing color? Like, motherfucker, I told you, you know, you have to, you have to listen please and then, if, and then I, I once in a while i'll give a have him send it back and i'll clean it up for him but i don't do that very often that was a, a while ago but people don't you have to really break it in i, I don't think people like to read either you know so yeah. like you have to be very very i like your idea craig because then it's just like you want this shit off you got to read it <laughs> you know you can't just you know mm. but uh yeah you gotta you have to i usually send now you guys got me into the camellia oil so I'll I'll send the knife with a nice you know splotch of camellia oil over the place, and I'll write on the package, this is covered in this camellia oil to prevent there from being from rust and stuff like that, and keep it dry. And I always write on each one, don't put it in the dishwasher and hand wash only, and yeah. keep it dry, and just to kind of like keep beating them up a little bit. Sometimes they're not gonna listen. I I had one customer. I, even after all the conversation and the care sheet being sent to them, I think you're 100% right. People don't read or listen or pay attention sometimes. The guy got the knife. He used it to cut lemons. They were making margaritas or something. He just left the knife on the cutting board, and he sends me this message. He's like, I don't know what happened. The knife's all messed up. It's got black on it, and this is how I used it. And I was like, ugh. So I had to go back through and have the conversation with him. And then he was like, whoa. 
He was he was like pissed at me. He was really? <laughs> that I that he felt I think he felt like I like deceived him in some way hmm. when I was one hundred percent clear about carbon steel and how it reacts, especially you know, when with a acidic food. These people um, who don't hmm. make things, these soft handed people, they don't understand they don't understand the physics of what happens in life. That's why we call them soft handed people in, in over here, me and Tony, because it's like they don't understand about how things are made or how things are done. And what I think what happens is, is like guys like you and, and I and, and Craig, well, not as much as Craig, but <laughs> so we'll, we'll, we'll explain something. We need to cut this short. I got a manicure book. I'm sure with your, I know that's short. why you're sitting on your fucking bald ass bush because you're just like, you don't want to fall <laughs> off the chair, but they don't, they, we, I think we take for granted how we speak to people as just assuming that we know what they're, that they are, automatically understand and then they'll nod 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 but you know that their eyes are rolling in the back of their head saying i'm sure it'll be fine what could possibly happen they don't listen yeah or don't understand can i just say this can't become a thing this using me as a baseline for shitness <laughs> you can't i didn't i didn't use it as a baseline <laughs> for shitness and just to let you know some of the some of the listeners are getting cheeky and they're writing little things and, and like saying, you know, Marekko, Jeff, and Craig. It's, it's like, it, I'm 100%. I can, I'm happily, I'd be happily to be the punchline. <laughs> okay. Did you, did you find it? I question? did, but I, you know, I, I lost the guy, the person's name, so I apologize. Uh, how do you convince your parents or fiance? He says parents and fiance, but I don't think it's both. I don't think he, I think one of the other. <laughs> How do you convince your parents or your fiance that buying a two by seventy two grinder for six hundred dollars was a good idea? I would like to know before they notice it or before it arrives. Thank you for opening my eyes for this fantastic and expensive hobby. And thanks, Craig, for pushing all the buttons. No, I'm just kidding. I, I added that at the end. I, I, I didn't say that. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. How do you convince? Oh, okay, I suppose this means how do you convince your your partner? Right. I suppose, oh, you know, or if, or if you're younger, it would be yeah. your parents. Um, that it's a good choice. Um, I think if you're making money from knives, um, I think not having a two by seventy two is a hindrance, and you're going to make less money. So therefore, two by seventy two will help you make more money, and it makes business sense uh, to upgrade to a better grinder. Um, I say if you're not making money. I'd say a two by seventy-two will help you grow so much quicker, so you can make money. But you know, when you're telling this to either your parents or fiance, you're doing the old, you know, used car salesman thing. You don't understand how much money we're going to be bringing home if I get this grinder. You know what I'm talking <laughs> about? And they and they know your. And this guy's saying this because it's very clear that he's tried this old this old gig on something else. Oh, you don't understand. I have to have this whatever it is, and they're just like, God, another fucking thing. Yeah, it's it, it's part of you know it's it's not it can be as cheap as you like to make knives, um, but it can also be as expensive as you right. like. So, uh, if 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 your next upgrade is 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 a two by seventy two, it's it it'll just improve things so much more. And, and we've talked about this in the past about you know the order of things to buy, um, you know with regards to a heat treat oven and grinders and all the rest of it. Aside from a good heat treat. Um, you know, the next big jumping quality is probably going to come from a jump from a 1 by 30 to a 2 by 72. But we still see people making amazing things by with 1 by 30s. Sure. So 
yeah, th- th- there's no real argument to put up. It's just that you want something shiny and new, and I get that feeling I, too. So. I'm not going to yeah. criticize the question because I was there too. You know, when I was first started making knives, and I had a, I was making sculpture. I, I when I made my first one, I didn't go right up to my wife and say, "I'm a knife maker now," because I thought she was going to think that I was crazy. I had to establish a thick wad of bills and put it on the table, and it says, "This is what I've been doing." And she says, "Oh, you've been dealing drugs." I'm like, "No, no, I haven't been dealing drugs. I've been, <laughs> I've been, I've been making money for the for this from this business, and I want us invest it into making more of this." And she and I had to convince her that I wasn't crazy, and it worked. And look at you. And now, I mean, selling your balls. For <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm 100. Yeah, she's she's just like she's like, "What are you got? What are you guys getting? Getting man's getting." razors for your balls this is this podcast is doing right now i'm like yeah don't, what are you don't worry about it but um, i mean you know i mean i think it's it's always like you have to pr- show some proof you have to show proof that you, this isn't just like another oh, one of these hair-brained ideas right well and it sounds like he's definitely still because he says for the expensive but a fantastic hobby if he's still a hobbyist maybe one way he can convince his fiance slash parents is just to say, look, you don't have to buy me presents for the next three, six, there however long. And so there's that. Or, or anniversary gifts. But if if he's buying this just before his wedding, that's probably not the best idea. <laughs> <laughs> no. Put it Good on the point. wedding list at least. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a great idea. Put it on your re- wedding registry. Can you imagine? Oh, jeez. Okay, let's move on with beefs. I don't think we've done beefs for a few weeks, actually, so this could be good. We got beef. Oh, that, by the way, that was Ben. Do you want to get the plug out the way? That was Ben Snoor, who I'm going to be interviewing this week, tomorrow, who's going to be in the next episode of the Full Blast podcast. Ben Snoor is going to be on, and we're going to fool around. So. Whilst we're giving plugs to podcasts, we've got a new podcast launching on Friday. Um, so the Art of Craftsmanship, who we answered their question earlier, so um, it's Dustin and his brother, um, they've got a new podcast, which will be launching on there you go. Friday. Good luck. There we go. So, Beefs, what's been grinding our gears this week? I'm a, Either of you two want to jump in You guys start in because I thought I, I had a secondary beef, and I beefed in the beginning, and i got to figure it out. Okay. Okay. Have you got one, Mariah? I don't. You know what? Okay. I have a reverse beef. The last beef we had, I don't know if you guys remember this, but there was this huge pothole in front of our house. Oh, yeah. And we, it was we, the, the puta. puta. Right. People would drive <laughs> past it, hit this fucker hard, and yell puta. And we would hear it all through the house. So we'd, we'd, we'd heard, and the crazy thing is, is if you have a car with very low tires, um, it really fucks your car up. So you'd hear it go, boom. It was like a really totally fucked up. So we heard two guys destroy their cars. The second guy got out of his car. My wife came out and said, are you okay? Are you okay? He's like, yeah, I hit this pothole. The car's fucked up. And she said, we've already sent multiple messages to the Department of Public Works. And he just looks at her. He goes, well, I'm going to call the police. He called the police. <laughs> On the pothole, not on us. He called the police on the pothole. <laughs> and guess what? A fucking dude with asphalt in a truck showed up within half an hour of the phone call. And they oh, fixed wow. the fucking pothole. Puta is gone. It was wow. like, Hillary was just like, I was like, he's crazy. He's going to call the police. Fucking worked. 
called the police. And because there have been so many complaints to the public works, the police called the public works. And why are we getting all these calls from this fucking puta? We have to arrest real putas, you know, not fucking potholes. So, you know, that was the end of puta. There we go. There we go. Okay, I've got one. It's um, it's it's a double-headed one, really, oh I suppose. It's stupidity and confidence. People who are both <laughs> stupid and But confidence. you need a little bit of both. Oh, you see it online all the time. It's completely bonkers, off their head, stupid, but they're really confident with it, and you're just like, oh, man. And the problem is now, because everybody's online, they see this sort of social proof in, you know, they've they got others, you know, liking their posts and all that kind of thing. So they're like, yeah, I'm right. I'm obviously right. No, it, it just means that you found more stupid people. <laughs> That's all that means. So, yeah, stupid people who are also confident, they're my beef. I've had enough of them. Stupid and confident. Confidence and stupidity is pretty good. Yeah, it's, a, it's a, yes, it's not a good combination together. Oh. That reminds me of this Instagram account I just started following called Influencers in the Wild. Ugh. And it shows people taking <laughs> all these obnoxious. ridiculous photos and stuff. And one, there was a woman some in some sort of like maybe Yellowstone Park or, or wildlife sanctuary. There's a bear on the side of the road, a grizzly bear. And she's out in like her shirt shorts and a tank top. And she's trying to get all posed up. And the bear just like leaps up. And she's like six or eight feet away from it. Leaps up. And she's she probably about pisses herself running away. But it's like, are you so fucking stupid? You're going to get out of your car. It's not a fucking teddy bear. It's a grizzly bear. Uh, <laughs> and take your picture with it. So there's a combination. Hey, guys. On an Instagram yeah. video. Yeah. Combination of, so of confidence stupid. and stupidity right there. Ugh, so stupid. Yeah. So stupid. Or maybe it's a lack well, of self-confidence. <laughs> I would like to beef about the uh, about the some of the dog walkers in town. I fucking hate I fucking hate some of them, and they're they're so talk about confidence and stupidity. They're so arrogant with how great their dogs are. I have two dogs, one big one and one small one. The big one is sweet but dumb, and the small one is smart and a murderer. So what happens is is they get sometimes when they're on a leash they get angry or one of them get angry. And if the big one gets angry, she turns into, she sounds like a werewolf. It's scary to the point where people walk away from me, which I like. If she doesn't get mad, the small one bites the big one to activate her. Like she wants oh, wow. to turn her into a, she wants to weaponize the bigger one and is fucking obnoxious. But what happens is, is like there are these people who like want to walk past us to prove to us that their dog is going to behave and my dog, my dogs aren't. I don't like those people. They're not courteous. I tr what I try to do is, if I see a dog far away, and I'm like, I ah, know we don't like the, those that dog. Well, I'll move out of the way. But there is one motherfucker. He loves to walk past us to prove a point. And there's another person who likes to stop and wait for me to come there to prove how good of a dog that there theirs is. I don't like these people. They're very. They're not good citizens. They're not good citizens. And this is not a good community. You and your dog with your retractable leash. You know about the retractable leashes? These guys, they think, I'm using a retractable leash because I'm giving my dog freedom. No, you're not. You're giving them, you're not giving them freedom. They don't want your freedom. This is not their idea of freedom or retractable leash. Go fuck yourself. Seriously. <laughs> That's my B. You got me, you got me why? That's one of the reasons why I ended up kneecapping that old geezer in the beginning of the podcast because <laughs> those, these two asshole dog owners and their dumb lassies who are not going to save anybody. 
These are not bomb-sniffing dogs. These are not dogs that are going to help anyone in their lives. These are idiot dogs just like them, the parent, the owners. Do you know when this old bloke went home after that? The who? He said, I just had an, just had an argument with an old geezer down the road. <laughs> <laughs> this old geezer <laughs> called my brother an asshole. You don't say. You don't say. <laughs> are we doing okay, community showcase? Do we have any community showcase? Yes. I, I know Jeff's got a good one this week. I got a great message from the Canton Cutler. He's such a good guy, Jr. Um, he's a friend, and he said, Hello, KTP. I just wanted to bring to your attention a potential for community showcase. Leah Wood Bladesmith. He's a 16-year-old kid who came into, knife, uh, into the KT Woodlands meetup last September. His work is outstanding, especially for his age. He's totally obsessed with bladesmithing and blacksmithing. He'd love to get a shout-out, I'm sure. Thanks a lot, Jake. He, this is a good kid. Leo Wood, Bladesmith, you, I'm really a, glad that you're out there in the world. We got all these young – we talk all about the balls shaving and stuff like that, and, and, so, and all of a sudden we find out that we have these young kids listening. And I'm sorry <laughs> for that. But you're doing a great job. I appreciate you being out there. I encourage you to be as, you know, being as, a, you know, as helpful as you can and to you know, learn and – you learn something new, and I think this kid's doing a great job. And um, Jake, I'm I'm super happy that you um, brought him to our attention. Um, Leo Wood Bladesmith, keep it up, kid. Yeah, and I'm go- I'm gonna I'm gonna say the same person because I've just been looking through the feed now, and yeah, these like amazing hidden tang uh, chef knives, and there's some Damascus stuff there, like Brute Forge stuff. It's just yeah, just really knowledgeable, and he's obviously a, you know a super cool kid. So. Yeah, I'm these with you young guys—it's great to see people doing something with you know that's it's positive. It's 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 you have to encourage that, and I think it's awesome and uh, 100% great. Okay, awesome. it's that time of the show. Morocco, what do you want to happen this week? What's the dream for the week? Oh boy, the dream of the week. Would finish would be finishing this damn knife and getting it out the door so I can <laughs> move on. Uh, I'm getting stressed out about this. <laughs> yeah. I'm a little bit too. I'm weeks. a little bit too. Be honest with you. If you're stressed out, I'm a little stressed out. Yeah, but other than that, um, you know the weather's still it's it's getting warmer and nicer here, and uh, more consistent. I've been uh, I've been let's see I I, I made some straw or raspberry preserves recently. I made a uh, raspberry balsamic kind of like jam that you can either use on a sandwich or toast or or over ice cream um so looking at making more stuff like that and just kind of spending time with the family and and trying not to be so stressed out about work stuff because i let myself get caught up with it (laughs) but that's it so that's what i got cool cool chill years ago tony brought up a box full of cleavers and i hadn't got to him and i finally got to him and we put him up for restoration you know basically restoration we wanted to, the idea was we'll just restore it put a new handle on it old file work you know and we just it's been it was gangbusters and um we got rid of most of them and i ordered a bucket of thanks to steve was it steve no it was um moonshine metalworks wasn't you it was uh chris cash was talking about evaporust, not a sponsor. I paid for a bucket of evaporust. I guess it's like some sort of uh, food-safe rust 
taker aware. I don't think that's the right word. <laughs> taker aware. Very official. Yeah, super official. So yeah. I got some of that. I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> cut the handles off these motherfuckers and drop it in, and uh, put these handles on. So I'm I'm pumped about that. And look, I like Fourth of July. I'm a proud American. So I, I we're my family and I enjoyed it, and we're gonna uh, hopefully keep on trucking. Nice, nice. So we've we've had the house to ourselves, my wife and our babies, for this weekend because my brother, who was famous for a while, has gone back to the UK. But we've got um, my mother-in-law coming tomorrow um, for some time. So we've we've had a lot of drama the last, I'd say, two or three weeks. Not myself, not my wife and I, but you know, within our family, there's just been lots of drama uh. going on. So I'm just hoping, you know, and with our friends as well, and it's just like, uh, it's been getting to us. So I'm just hoping that things just calm down a bit and we're all nice and steady and we can get on with get on with things without the extra stresses of other people's stresses, you know? Um, yeah, I mean, knife-wise, I'm, I'm hoping to get a bunch of knives out because I'll be working on some handle materials. And um, I didn't say, actually, I'd ordered a... I've always been felt a bit constrained by Corby bolts because I can only get them in two right. sizes, either a quarter inch or four millimeter. And for me, a quarter inch seemed too big for table knives and the four millimeter seemed too small. So I went on one of these Chinese websites and ordered a thousand of a specific size that I wanted, sort of like custom size. Um, they come and they were just all shit. It was just oh, a waste no. of money. The quality was, they weren't very consistent in size and so on. And so, yeah, so, so yeah, so, so I've ordered some more. So that's holding me up a little bit. So I'm hoping now that the post has been good this week, I'm hoping that I'm going to get them within a, within a few days and I can get a bunch of knives out finally. Um, yeah, so it's, I'm just, I'm just hoping for a calm, nice, Easy, easy. You know, week. when I was younger, I would always be nervous about family events because this guy, I know this uncle's going to say something. This, you know, and my mother mm. used to, my mother used to say, well, you shouldn't project because don't project because it's most likely not going to happen. And I stopped projecting what I thought was going to happen. And a lot of times it was, mm. it was undue stress. So don't be yeah. Hector the projector and just. Hopefully it won't happen. Oh no, no! It, it's just you know, it's, it's it's things going on in other people's lives that we're concerned right. about. You know that that's right. that's all it is. Yeah, so I'm just hoping things will be nice and calm and everybody gets to a happy state. So that's a show. That's a show. Another another two hour show. Jesus Christ, we're gonna have to talk to somebody about this. <laughs> we are. Oh, we I are. bet the people li- <laughs> love it. They love it. They're listening to us while they're hand sanding oh. and grinding blades. Yeah. Yeah, but shaving their balls now. <laughs> we too. We've got, we got shavers to, to shift. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a back room full of these shavers now that we need to start yeah. shifting. That's where the, that's your mother-in-law's room, right? Easy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thanks for listening, and we shall speak to you all again next week. If you like this show, take a look at our other shows made for makers just like you at www.makery.network.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.